Hey, hey, connected fam. Um, I am Catalina, your host. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode, this week's episode, will be just fooling around. And I'm going to be discussing... Okay, uh, let's be totally honest. I'm stealing my pastor's sermon from this week. So, yup. Let's just... Let me be transparent like that, that this is not an original creation. But let's get into this week's topic. Alright, so as I already confessed, since we're going to start off this conversation with transparency like that, um, I did not have this on my podcast um, ideas, never-ending list on my notes app on my phone. But this did come to me on Sabbath and um which was literally yesterday so um and like i mean like yesterday yesterday like sabbath saturday the 19th of september so yeah so my pastor was giving um a sermon obviously and i must say like if anyone wants an awesome pastor i don't want to recommend mine no but he is so good Like we are so blessed at our church, but let me not recommend him because I don't want you to have my pastor unless God wants you to have my pastor and then, you know, God can send him to your church. But otherwise, I'm happy to have him. Um, So Pastor Mark Turner. So shout out to Pastor, but he doesn't listen to my podcast, so that's okay. But okay, moving on. Let me stop bragging about my pastor. Hopefully you can get a pastor as good as my pastor. But he preached a sermon, and I actually stole his sermon idea last time, last last week when he was here as well. I just noticed on my notes. Um, but he, uh, okay, this is actually, uh, okay, here we go. Catalina's typical 20-minute intro <laughs> for a podcast. So uh, he didn't really preach so much about this, but there was, a, there was a bit in the sermon where I was like, oh, God, yes, like I totally get what you're trying to show me right now um and I was like oh god that's a really heavy topic do we really want to discuss that but um yeah I feel I feel we're tight like that and we can have conversations like that uh, through our little community that we have here online community but um yeah I did want to talk that about that a little bit I don't know if I've mentioned I have a TikTok account so I just want to say that because I feel I have forgotten to mention that so if anyone does do TikTok my account or my username I don't know what you call yourself on there I've just I've just started to master saying oh my handle is so I don't know what TikTok is maybe their handles as well but it's living with dot or period j the letter J. So it's supposed to be like subliminal code messaging for living with Jesus. And basically just, I just talk about stuff. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, feel free to follow me or watch whatever I have on there. Um, okay, TikTok is done. We can tick that off. I'm sure I had something else I was supposed to tell you all and I've forgotten. <sighs> yes, Okay. We'll just have to move on. Maybe next week will be the week where I will write this on my notes app so that I don't forget it. But today we're going to discuss sin. And 
I guess we'll just start off with it's probably going to be a little bit of a heavy podcast. Um, you may feel conviction at the end of this. And just remember, conviction is, is supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to be uh, a step forward to freedom and to something better and greater that God has to offer us. So, yeah, okay. So, honestly, like past my pastor's sermon, I had a bit of stuff in there. Um, so it wasn't like this is what he spoke about. But I must say that I, as I listened to his sermon and as he shared, there was just one particular section of his sermon where I honestly, God was like, you need to discuss this. Like you need to do a podcast on this. And it was, it was basically the idea of sin and how us as humans look at sin. And I guess I'm just going to grab my Bible. One of the really important things that I have learned, and honestly, after God, you know, heavily impressed on me that I needed to speak about sin, um, on the podcast. One thing that I must say, as I have looked at my life and reflected on my life and the different, different paths, I guess my faith has taken, um, I I guess in all aspects, my faith, my identity, my values, my beliefs, and how all of that then is molded or how that is maybe more so represented or how I use that in my interactions has a really significant correlation. So I feel that in moments where my faith is strongest, I am also able to reflect that to those around me. And I will say probably in my moments of weakness and the moments where I struggle the most, I think I still, by God's grace, can still have a positive impact on people's lives. But I do believe that it is hindered. And not I honestly, I don't believe it's hindered because God's not willing to give it, but rather God knows where my heart is that I probably am in a place in my life where I actually don't even want his assistance. I don't want anything that he has to offer because where I am right now is actually has nothing to do with him in terms of me considering him or desiring him or choosing to follow him. So I want to look specifically at um, the temptation um, in Genesis uh, just before, I, I guess maybe the chapters leading into um, the fall and pastor Mark did read this particular verse, but I think it just, it really just sunk in a little bit deeper than what it usually sunk sinks in. Um, but I really wanted to bring it out with you all today because I just want to, I feel, I feel this is like me just sharing like I said, when I've reflected on my life, I look at just, people refer to them as red flags, but I refer to them, I honestly, I just think it's just God's protecting us. God is like trying to, it's like when you go bowling and you put the bumpers on the side, I feel like God is constantly like putting the bumpers up so that our 
our bowling ball doesn't fall on the in the gutter. I feel that is how God is with our heart. God is like constantly putting these bumpers up and we keep pulling them down because we think we can, you know, what is it? Is it a strike? Oh, I don't know when you knock all the pins down. I think God is like, guys, you cannot do this without the bumpers. Please just trust me. And we're like, nah, we got this. Like I can handle this. I can let my bowling ball roll down here and I'll, I'm going to get this yeah so anyway so God's like please I have the bumpers for a reason but us Christians humans we have this idea that we don't need those bumpers so I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 3 and I'm going to read from the Amplified I really like the Amplified by the way I think it's because (laughs) I don't remember where I said this once I'm like I really like the Amplified because it adds an extra 20 words to a verse that normally would only have like five words in it. And that's so me. Um, Yeah. Okay. Let's not talk more about that. So it says, so we're going to go from chapter three and I'm going to read from verse five until I decide to stop because I don't have notes. So I'll just, once I, it said what I needed to say, then we'll stop. Okay. So it says, So this is um, Eve. She's in front of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that she already knows is not the tree to be eating from. And the serpent, the devil, has come to her and appeared to her. And the devil is now speaking to Eve. Okay, so let's start from verse 4. But the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God's knowing the difference between good and evil and blessings and calamities. And when the woman saw the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves apron-like girdles. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. That's the verses that I want to focus on. So one thing that I do want to, I really do want to say, and, and again, this is based on personal experience. This is just the way choices in my life that I have decided, that I have made, made them, you know, probably not in the best state of mind, not in the best level of maturity at a really young age. At a really old age, trust me, there are decisions that I've made in my life up until today that I'm like, God, you are so patient with me. Um, But there are decisions that we will make about certain things in our life that we already know are good or evil. There is no, well, you know, maybe, but what if, but if I, you know, if I partake of this, if I think of it, if I act like this, if... There's no gray area, okay? There are certain things in our lives that we know it's either good or evil. And we know that God has said it is evil or it is good. And why, I don't know what I'm calling it, but I think it'll be like fooling with sin or fooling around with sin. I think it's sometimes, you know, when people say, you know, um, I'm probably not even going to say it right, Um, If you keep playing with fire, you're going to get burnt or something like that. I feel with sin, we do the same thing. 
And I'm speaking from my experience, but I say we because I have seen too many people that have done the same thing or fallen for the same traps or made the same choices that I have made. Maybe applications are different. But I feel that we can sometimes make decisions that we know are a straight out God has tried to protect us. God put a bumper bar on this thing. He put boundaries. He put restrictions around certain things. And we just are like, nope, knock it down. You know, pack those, fold those bumper bar things back up again. And I want us to be really aware of that. Like, I don't know where everyone is as you're listening to this podcast, but I do want to just plead with you that wherever you're at, whatever is going on right now in your life, in your heart, in your mind, in your walk with God, I just plead with you to please take time to just pause and to be really intentional about understanding where this path will take you, understanding with where these decisions will take you. There are things in my life that I can honestly tell you. I think if I had have been able to project where I was going to end up three months, six months, a year, however, however long some of my own personal battles have been and how long they have lingered in my life from my childhood to my adulthood. If I was to able to project where I was going to be with that sin, and I'm just going to call it sin because I really want to be specific about the things that we know straight out sin. There's no maybe depends how I read it, you know, what was the culture? No, it's just sin. And again, like maybe people will associate it very automatically or quite quickly with something that is sexual, but I don't want you to just to be like close-minded to just sexual sins or things like that. I think that there are other things within our heart that open doors to things that we may not really see as something that is going to head in that type of direction, whether it's sexual or whether it's um, something else like a behavioral pattern. Um, maybe it's an interaction with people. Maybe it's a type of social group that we're, you know, wanting to attach ourselves to, but really we know deep down inside that that is not going to be the best for us. But we're just in a moment of weakness right now, and that's just what I want to do. So that's what I wanted to speak about first. Please just pause right now in this season of your life, of your faith. Please pause and just try and project this. I know there was a period um, when I was going through my stuff, which honestly, it, I don't want to talk about dates because I'm not going to get them very accurate. And there might be people listening who was like, no, Catalina, that was episode like 27, which was only like, you know, whatever. So there was a period I know when I was going through the worst of my stuff where I remember sitting with God and I'm like, okay, God, if I make this decision right now where I'm just like, I'm seriously, honestly not going to be a Christian anymore. I'm like, why do I not want to be a Christian first? Like everyone already knew I was a little upset with God, a little upset. I was pretty bitter and I had a ton of resentment. But anyway, I'm like, okay, 
I don't want to be a Christian, but why don't I want to be a Christian? And I sat there and I just started writing down every reason why I didn't want to be a Christian and what my life was going to look like if I wasn't a Christian and what avenues I was going to walk and consider and different things that I wanted to do with my time, different things that I wanted to do with my family, different... I honestly sat down and worked out where I was going to go, what my route or my route was going to look like in 10 years from now, five years from now. I even went like just a year from now. Where was I going to find myself in detaching myself from Christian beliefs and Christian morals and Christian ideas and Christian values like I'm like just take everything that has to do with God away from me and where would I be and I can honestly tell you as I sat and just hashed it out with God I saw myself I was like God there will be no limit there will be nowhere where I will just be like okay that's enough I could honestly see myself going down such dark valleys in in very different applications. Um, so, you know, whether it was really like greedy, selfish, um, vanity, um, all sorts of stuff, like all sorts of stuff. I'm not going to even tell you all the sort of stuff. But I sat there and I honestly planned out what my life was going to look like without Christ in my life. And I really want to encourage anyone that if you are about to make certain types of choices that are completely against what God's ideal is for you, what God has shown you in the scriptures, what uh, your mentors around you are trying to protect you from, they may sound like they're trying to tell you what to do, but at the same time, I just ask that you trust a little bit or at least really assess, hey, what benefit do they get of me not being able to do this or me not being able to follow this path? Or what, what's their gain out of this? Are they really saying it because it's of benefit to them? Or are they saying this because they are sincerely looking out for me? I know for me in different chapters of my life, I had people warning me and giving me counsel, even people that weren't Christian, which is like, almost embarrassing I had worldly people saying this isn't right like I don't think this is the way things should be and do you really want to do that and I was just like yes and God was like using anyone that he could to protect me now guess what I did I decided to take certain paths I took steps and more steps and more steps down a direction that was clearly away from God and I will honestly tell you, like till today, the 20th of September, there are things that I have to battle and wrestle against because I allowed them to enter my life when I was a kid and when I was an adult. There are things in my life right now that I still have to battle and I can honestly, with complete, like God knows my heart, things that I don't want to think about, to wrestle with, to battle and struggle and things I honestly sincerely God knows I don't want in my life but because of the paths that I have taken and habits that I have cultivated for so many years 
I now am stuck having to deal with that and it sucks. But God was like, Catalina, I tried everything I could, but you kept pushing that bumper down. You kept kicking it in. And, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you've fallen into the gutter and you're rolling down and you've missed getting a strike or whatever it is that when you get it, you know, all in one go. God's like, I tried, like I sent even unbelievers, I sent like worldly people to try and pull that bumper back out so that you would stay on the lane. So that's one. And then I want to go to the next point, which is verse six. So I'll just read it again. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, suitable, pleasant for food, and that it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Okay, so there are certain things that we will straight out be like, no, God, like I know that's wrong, not going to go that way. And then there are other things where I'm, I'm telling you, you will negotiate with God. I have negotiated with God on certain things that I'm like, God, I'm like, God, you are so good. Like you, I don't know how you, I, I honestly think like, I wonder if God knows us so well that he just sits and just laughs at not our stupidity. I don't want to say that, but maybe just a, a, a at our ignorance of understanding the sinfulness of sin. Like, I think he just must be like, oh, did we not learn last time? I see myself with my kids, with my daughters, and I'm like, like, did I not tell you that that is painful? This is one example. So they like cutting their nails. So they get the nail clippers and they'll cut their nails. And I think half the time they just do it out of boredom because I've never seen, you know, very rarely seen my daughter be like, oh, I'm going to grow my nails and like they'll grow it out. Like if it ever is long, it's because they've forgotten that they've gone, you know, three days without cutting their nails. So they keep cutting them lower and lower and lower. And I keep telling them, you know, you're going to get sore. You're going to cut them too far down, whatever. Anyway. So at the moment I have Naomi who cut her big toenail way too far. So she has to wear open shoes because her big toe hurts too much because she cut it too far down. And then Chloe decided to do the same thing. So she's cut her big toe way too far. And then she was on the trampoline, tried to do a flip. Her nail landed a certain type of way. And then it just unstuck the nail, which was already at that sore tender bit. So she's already cut it too short, but now it's actually flicked up and too short. And, And they come out to me and they're like, mom my toenail hurts and I'm just looking at him I'm like why does your toenail hurt they were like oh because we cut it too far down I'm like did I not explain to you at least you know three times last month that if you cut him too far you know I wonder how God responds like he's dealing with humanity and trying to and humanity trying to negotiate with him with sin I'm just like God you are so patient okay so Some things are like straight out no. And then we have certain situations, which is like Eve. Eve has looked at the tree and saw that it was suitable, pleasant for food. 
I believe that there are sins and I can honestly tell you this is from my experience. We look at it and we're like, no, it's okay. Like, I know something's not quite right here, but it, it, she'll be right. You know, very Australian. She'll be right, mate. And we just like continue and continue and continue and it starts getting messier and it starts becoming more repetitive. And, and then before you know it, you're like, okay, I think this has become dysfunctional. I think this has become unhealthy. I think this is now actually sinful in whatever way that that has ended up. So I'll give you my example. So I have TikTok now. And everyone was like, TikTok's so addictive. You know, do you really want to do TikTok? And I'm like, look, honestly, it's for outreach. But I can honestly tell you, it looks suitable and pleasant for food. I'm like, wow, the Christian content on here is like so good. And because it's a minute, it's like it's a one minute sermonette. Like, honestly, there is some really, really good stuff on there. I'm just, I've actually learned quite a bit. A lot. I'm learning a lot through TikTok people. Anyway, so I am very aware of my personality. I am very aware of my weaknesses. And I'm very aware that the way I bargain with God with regards to social media is oh, but it's for ministry. So Instagram is for ministry. Facebook is for ministry. Now TikTok is for me. So I know. I know that when it comes to me and the tree of social media, it's suitable and pleasant for food. I see it. This is suitable for consumption. Like it will make me more spiritual. It will make me, um, you know, it's another avenue to witness for God and to share the gospel. I know how I convince myself that this is a-okay. Now, because I know my weaknesses, I know as well that I have to be very careful with how I use TikTok, how I respond when I go on TikTok and all these sort of things. And, you know, I'm very conscious of the amount of videos that I watch because you just skip like one minute, one minute, one minute. And before you know it, you've watched 15 one minute videos and there goes 15 minutes of your day. So I have to be very aware of that. But at the same time, I can tell you if I let my guard down, I can I can guarantee you I will be on TikTok countless times during the day. The same thing happens with my Facebook. I have if I let my guard down and try and make it like it's okay for me, I can guarantee you it will become unhealthy, it will be dysfunctional and it will get to a point where it will be sinful because it will be something that's just going to consume my time and take away from the priorities of my life, which are my time with God, um, my time with my family, with my kids and with the people that are in my life. So I, I know how it can be. So she saw that it was pleasant for food. There are going to be sins right now in your life. Like I said, wherever you're at, are right now that look pleasant it doesn't look like something that is actually as bad as God makes it out to be now I want to be really specific it may be a relational thing it may be an innocent like I said a social interaction that you want to go to for example let's say maybe it's a party and the party doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad but you know that God is 
telling you, protecting you. He's putting up those bumpers and he's like, hey, let's not go there. You, you know when you don't feel right about something. We all know that. You don't even have to be a Christian to know that. There are just things. I Trust me, I listen to podcasters of people that aren't even Christian. They're as atheist as anything. <clears throat> and they are like, it's your intuition. Okay? We know when something's not right. And if there's like, and I'm giving you this example, but again, it's not limited to that. Whatever the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart and your mind right now, that's what we're discussing. But I will give you this as an example. There's a party. You know you're not feeling 100%. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that bad. You know, maybe it's just going to be some people, you know, at a bonfire. Or maybe it's a pool party. And, you know, it should be it should be okay. Like, it's, it's not that bad. If God is putting bumpers up right now and making you uncomfortable or maybe you are getting more information that's trying, that, you know, is trying to, make that party not be as innocent as what you initially said it thought it was going to be or what it was initially said that it was going, whatever it is. Um, maybe there's an interaction with a person that you're having. Maybe there's been some red flags that you have seen in the way that they behave, in the way that they treat you, in the way that they respond to you, um, in the way that they make you do certain things or not do certain things. You've picked it up, but then they're just like a really nice person you know, whatever it is, whether it's a friendship or if it's a romantic relationship, whatever it is, something's telling you like it's not quite right. You've seen enough that you're just like, no, oh, I know they're nice, but that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like it looks pleasant to your eye. You don't see the potential of where this thing's going to leave you because it doesn't look like straight out sin. It doesn't look like straight out evil. It doesn't look like straight out I'm going to turn my back on God as a result of this. It doesn't look like that, but please just understand that the Holy Spirit is like, he's like flying red flags like everywhere. He's like pulling up the bumpers. He's got the alarm bells going because there is something that is just God's like, I know where this is going to take you. Okay, next point is it was delightful to look at. Again, it looks, it's suitable for food. It can be consumed. It won't do anything to me. And it just looks really like it's appealing. It's attractive. It's inviting. It's welcoming. It makes me feel good, happy, loved, dopamine, like overload. Like it, it, it's just nice. Like there's just nothing that I can say that doesn't doesn't feel wrong right now apart from this random moments where I'm just like mm, where the Holy Spirit's like please please like trust me okay but it's it's suitable and pleasant for food and it's delightful to look at disobedience I can guarantee you like my connected fam I can guarantee you that sin often is delightful to look at and I'm not saying delightful in like visually delightful but the experience of it is delightful but please trust me that is it is delightful in its deception in the deception of the experience it is delightful but I can guarantee you that sin will lead to death and it will lead to deaths in different ways when sin entered the world the trees began to die the grass began to die. 
animals began to die. The relationship between humans and God began to die. The death that you will experience through sin will be, the application of that will be so varied. Like, it's not just going to impact you. It's going to impact the things around you. It's going to impact your environment, your career, your family, your relationships, your church, your faith. Please trust me that as delightful as it looks right now, you have no idea the effects it's going to have on your world. Our world was tainted as a result of Adam and Eve's sin. And I am telling you, sin will taint your world. Everything that makes up your world is going to be shattered because of the path that we are going to choose to make to follow sin when we know that God has been trying to protect us against us and when we know that we are honestly making decisions simply because something looks pleasant and it looks like it's suitable for food and because we are experiencing a delightful experience through that sin. And then it says a tree to be desired in order to make one wise. I can honestly tell you, when God said to Eve, do not eat of it because in the day that you eat of it, you will know between good and evil. God never said that knowing evil was a good thing. He didn't present the idea of knowing good and evil as a positive. He presented it as a negative. It was a consequence of disobedience. Disobedience was going to bring about a wisdom or an understanding or a knowledge of God. Of oh, Sorry, a knowledge of good and evil. Evil was going to be known. You were going to understand evil because you chose to turn your back on God and disobey him. And I can honestly tell you that until we experience certain things in our lives and when we have opened doors for sin, we have a very limited understanding of the capacity of what knowing sin does for our daily life. I can honestly tell you, as I've reflected again through my life, because I've been very reflective, as I've reflected through my life, there have been things that I have allowed myself to experience, situations that I have placed myself in, that I have a wisdom in regards to the evilness of those things, those behaviors, those thought patterns, those interactions, all that stuff, I am wise in my knowledge of them because I allowed them into my life. And as a result, that has created a lot of... I can honestly say because of, you know, I think when we when we look at our sin like after the sin, um, when it's been, you know, a long period since particular sins or 
I think we can say like we've recovered, we've been rehabilitated to a certain extent. An alcoholic will look at alcohol um, very different in the first few days of them trying to become sober and in in trying to yeah and trying to give up that addiction than what they would you know thirty years down the track. They can look at alcohol in a very different way. It triggers different things. The response pattern is different. The neurological response is different. So I feel that I can look at the evil that I have experienced and the evil that I have allowed in my life. I can look at it in a very different way and respond in a very different way. But I can still tell you that there are still days where I have to be like, okay, God, yes. Like I know... I did that. I know I experienced that. I know I enjoyed it. I thought it was pleasant. I thought it was whatever. But thanks to my desire to not have that in my life, I can honestly say that those moments have become less and less. But if I had to pick, I would have rather not known. I would have preferred to not have had to experience those things and now to sit here as a 36-year-old, thinking about things that I did when I was young and throughout my whole life, really, and wishing I had have never done that, wishing I had have never known good and evil. I wish I could have remained in the purity and in the innocence of just good. But I made choices and I made them based on where my walk was that now I have to carry that. I have to carry that and my life will be molded and shaped as a result of those choices that I made because I didn't choose to trust God. I didn't choose to be like, that's just straight out evil. That's just straight out sin. I, I chose to to continue on that path and that path has and created an experience and it's an experience that I have to choose to just be like, no, like I don't, I don't want that. So I just want to, I guess, conclude with that, that I felt extremely, extremely impressed to share with everyone um, that uh, wherever you are right now, and I'm being very specific because I feel that God placed this episode on my heart with urgency because I don't know where you are all are, where you are right now. But what I do know is that someone is listening today and this message was for you. You're in a position right now where you're in front of the tree of good and evil and you know that God has told you not to eat of that, not to partake of that, to trust him, to not disobey, but just to trust that in obeying, you are protecting yourself from so much, so much. And that life is always, and I tell you from my experience, life is always better when you've only known good. The moment when you've known good and evil, there comes a battle attached with that. There comes an experience with that. There comes pain with that. There comes, um, you know, depending on how you respond to it, there's shame, there's guilt, 
Uh, there's disconnection. There is consequence. There is so much attached to it that I just plead with you that before you go into making a decision to take the fruit, simply because it looks delightful, simply because it looks pleasant or it looks like it's good for food and a delightful experience, please just just wait. Just wait a little bit more. Spend time in prayer. Spend time on your own just reflecting on if I, if I partake of this, if I become involved in this, if I make that first step into this, in this direction that I know is not of God. Let me project where I would be in a year from now, continuing down this path. And is that really where I want to be? Do, do I really trust myself to think that I can just take one step and it won't lead to the next step? Um, I really encourage you to just, I guess, take sin for the seriousness that it, it calls for. And understanding that Eve, did, Eve had no idea what that one decision would have and how it would impact her life her husband's life, her children's lives, generations, the world. Please understand that one single decision can have massive, massive implications on our lives and the lives of people around us. And if God is calling us to make a decision to choose righteousness, to, you know, even if it is to to break relationships, to make decisions, to just say, no, that's it. Like I feel I'm drowning. Like I, I can sense I've gone too far. And today I feel like I have to make a decision to stop this. May you please just trust God. The, it may be painful process. It may be hard. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever your application of, of this episode is on your life. Please just trust that God will get you through it, no matter how deep you are in, in your experience, in your sin, in your rebellion, in your disbelief, or even in just the fact that how deep you are in the pleasure of whatever it is that you're in now. I just beg that you trust God, that he'll help you through this process. He'll help you through the turning away and he'll heal you. He will restore you and he will transform you. I have seen it in my life. Um, Yeah, honestly, I have seen it in my life. And that's all that I can say is that God, God will fix whatever it is that you feel has been broken or is broken. God can fix it and you just trust him. He'll fix it and he'll give you a better alternative. His plan is to give you always the best. And yeah, I can guarantee you that whatever situation you are in now, whatever it is that you are feeling convicted that you need to stop or cut or change or whatever, I can guarantee you that God is going to give you the best. And the best will always be better than sin. He always has a better option. Um, So yeah. All right, my peeps. I'm literally going to pray for all of you because I know this message was was for someone. Um, 
and yeah I'm here to cheer you on because it's a hard road to take I know my my backtracking um towards God and righteousness was difficult was hard um and yeah it comes with a lot of stuff that we have to deal with a lot of our own personal stuff and sometimes we don't deal with that stuff because we don't want to deal with it because it's painful but I can guarantee you that once we deal with that stuff and once we let God fill everything that we've been trying to fill God is so good God is so good that yeah, you'll come out wiser for it, but you'll be wiser in a different way. You'll be wiser because you will have experienced the restoration that God offers. And everything that he does give is truly good. So until next week, I pray my hope and my desire that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and may you stay playing within the bumpers by the guidance and the protection of the Holy Spirit so that you can actually knock all those pins down um, and have a victory and have the highest score and be a winner and a champion for the gospel and for your own walk with God, for your own sanctification and for the own transformation of your mind. Um, keep playing safely because it's always the best way to play. All right, see yous.